Whenever you're ready. Yes, it is I, your humble host, Bill Hatch the Third, coming to you live from the Palatial Home Studios of Bald Spots Productions here in the beautiful city of Santa Ana, California. Joining me, as per usual, in studios, my friend, my brother in Christ, the disembodied voice of Rudy. Hi, everybody. I love you all. Walker, walker, walker with the Lord. And joining us from a more than acceptable safe social distance through the miracle of telephony is my guest for this very special episode of Not Quite After Midnight, Tony J. Salimi. Hey, Tony, how are you doing? Hey, hello, Bill. I'm extremely well. How are you? I am wonderful. Just having uh, a great start to a great week, I think, uh, is uh, what we're doing uh, What we're doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's great to hear. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm very excited to get to, uh, to chat with you more. Um, the last episode was really great. I can't stop uh, talking about it. And uh, uh, with you and uh, Richard Blank uh, of Costa Rica's Call Center. Um, and uh, you, you both have been great guests so far, and I, I really wanted to get the opportunity to dig a little deeper into uh, into who you are and uh, and what you do. It would be a pleasure. <laughs> I hope so. Um, well, so uh, just as way of introduction, you are a world-renowned and highly in-demand business and life strategist coach. Is that correct? Yes, that's put it correct. In, it put it into a sentence. <laughs> uh, yes. But uh, um, sometimes look, a sentence does it does the job. Sometimes it does. <laughs> so, tell me, how did you get into coaching in the first place? Since I was a kid, I loved helping people, and uh, I remember as a child, uh, I was playing at my dad's garage, and I had this. DIY garage. So I turned my dad's car garage into a place where I was experimenting, fixing things, and I would have the community uh, bringing all electrical goods for me to repair and sort out. And I always used to uh, enjoy the smiles and the hugs and thank you and the gifts and uh, I'll say all the cooking and the cakes they would bring to thank me for uh, repairing those things. But also, you know, living in uh, uh, in Macedonia back then in former Yugoslavia, you know, it's uh, in a communist kind of country. It was very different life to the life we experience today. And there are so many issues and um, uh, observing injustice, uh, first and foremost in family environment, then in society, then in schooling. Um, there was a part of me I always wanted to do something more to help people in need so this you know in today's world we call in coaching you know in ancient times people would go would go to the priests and confess mm -hmm. you know other times we go to friends and uh, speak and uh, i think every form of expression to somebody we trust uh, somebody who can create the space in which healing and transformation can happen it's what I call coaching, um, but there's an art to it. There's a science to it that can really create incredible results when somebody dedicates, like myself, their life to actually understanding different aspects of who we are, mm -hmm. both spiritually, mentally, emotionally, in our careers, socially, in our family environment, but also in the environment in which we live, 
and sometimes we can thrive and other people uh, other times if the environment is toxic we can actually end up being suffocated so you know throughout all of those challenges that came one after the after one after the after, uh, the other i started building a lot of skills that uh, helped me to be able to fix many problems for people so having worked in technology for almost 17 years and fixing many 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 <laughs> tech issues for different companies both uh, private and public um I drew a lot of parallel in the work that I did in cognitive behavior, neuro-linguistic programming, in psychology, um, mindfulness, spirituality, healing, and uh, quantum physics, and I wanted to bring it all together. So when eventually I left world, I started my coaching, training, and speaking company, and I have never stopped ever since. How, how long has that been? Uh, it's exactly now 10 years, actually, that I'm doing this wow. full-time company so it's in 2012 between 2009 and 2012 i was doing a lot of tech jobs and i used the money that i was earning in uh from those different contracts to actually build my coaching business write my first book put the methodology together build my brand and then reach out to so many people out there and then started really uh, making an impact which i never imagined i would Wow. Yeah, that's, you know, the uh, the impact is uh, what's important because I also do uh, a little bit of coaching. I do uh, uh, leadership development in a uh, with a uh, an ethical leadership uh, model is what I call it. And, uh, you know, it's just incredible to see transformations happen when uh, when somebody changes their direction. Uh, um, you know, it's, it's just so satisfying um, to uh, to see those changes. Um, what would you say is, has been uh, your most unusual client to date? The, oh the most God. unique. <laughs> uh, well, it's unusual and it's unique. They both start with you. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you know, I, I believe for every human being, it's unique. And yes. every problem, it's unique. Therefore, you know, it's sort of, if you ask me where I made the greatest difference um, yeah that would be good for, for sure i mean if if i take a client who i transformed their business and i grew it to a multi-million pound business i will say i helped them make a huge huge difference but we can never put a price when you save somebody's life and uh i'm getting emotional about it because there's been so many clients from around the world um, who have approached me uh, at the point in their life when they were at their lowest. And having been myself many times at my lowest, uh, it's almost like God sends you somewhere where that person needs you the most. And uh, I remember a client of mine, which I can even share my, uh, his name, uh, Paul McMonagall, who uh, works in oil and gas industry. He approached me at, uh, after I did a big speaking engagement. And he simply said, you know, I'm about to commit suicide. You are the last resort. And I heard so many wonderful things about you and your books and stuff like that. And if you don't help me, I'll... I already left a note for my parents. You can't put a price to 
when you change somebody's life that you save it you know we forget how precious that is we forget how precious life is because we're so busy into trying to build our businesses and you know provide for our family for our friends we forget the one most important part uh, the sanctity of human life Yeah, we, when we were together before, we talked about the value of human life and, uh, um, and that, yeah, we, we need to uh, definitely need to put more emphasis on that. Um, that's uh, what, uh, what my leadership model uh, focuses on is, uh, is how we treat the other in, uh, in yes. our lives. And, uh, um, you know, yeah, that's, that's amazing that, uh, um, that you were able to help him um, overcome that. That's, that's yes. I mean, it, brave it's, on your uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much you know about my work, uh, Bill. But mm -hmm. also, I'm a healer. You know, yes. I've been doing healing work for almost thirty years. Wow. So when you combine the skills, you know, business skills, um, psychology skills, and hands of light skills, mm -hmm. it's incredible the effect that I see in my clients, and you know. Uh, I've worked, I've had the pleasure to work with some people uh, where pretty much, you know, we're talking about from anxiety, addiction, depression, cancer, uh, mental, other mental health issues, OCD. And usually, you know, when I work with anybody at the CEO level and leadership level, celebrity level, usually it's those human emotions and experiences. It's the biggest blockages that I see from them than being able to go out there and really shine. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I want to get a little more into uh, into you, if you don't mind. Now, you're from, well, Macedonia, uh, yes, ancient, well, uh, the ancient land of Macedonia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. And what uh, what country was it again that uh, that you were born in? Back then, it used to be called Yugoslavia. Okay. But uh, North Macedonia it was one of the republics of former Yugoslavia. Right. And I was born in a little town in Western Macedonia called Gostivar. Gostivar. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I like it. It's 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 lovely. What was uh, what was it like growing up uh, under uh, the communist regime? Well, you know, when you don't know anything different, Bill, it's very difficult to compare. You know, it's only uh, back then, I mean, you know, with what we had, uh, I had a great childhood. Uh, reason being, it's, you know, I had great family. You know, my parents were hardworking people, uh, restaurateurs, and also we had a farm. So I had the opportunity to learn so many different skills in the farm and in the restaurant business. Okay. And, you know, it's sort of then the community was very strong and we had a huge family, you know, okay. and uh, also I learned three languages from like age four. Wow. And you know, I was able to communicate in three languages and being able to do all the maths and uh, the alphabet and everything else that usually people uh, start learning when they go to preschool at school mm -hmm. level. But you never think about those things until later on in life. When, uh, you know, you reflect uh, the power of having those experiences and the lessons you learn through those experiences. But one thing I always used to uh, wonder about is life. 
uh, origin of life, uh, God, and why do we have so many versions of God, and why do we have so many versions of religion, and uh, then philosophical things, and looking at the stars, and looking at astronomy, and looking at the biology, looking at sciences, maths, and how do I put all of this puzzle of life together? <laughs> and that's been uh, something that's been following me since I was a kid. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a lot. Um, you know, you're uh, you're certainly uh, one of the most uh, well schooled and uh, probably one of the most intelligent guests I've had on the show. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, um, but uh, um, um, so tell us about leaving uh, uh, leaving Yugoslavia. When when did you uh, when did you leave? Well, I arrived in London September nineteen ninety. Okay. So, you know, in I remember, you know, my life was saved because this is when the war started in uh, Yugoslavia, uh, just a year before it started in Slovenia, then it happened in Croatia. And then, you know, in 89, I was mobilized by the former Yugoslav army and uh, I was trained as a soldier at a very young age. My dreams of being at university at one of the top university engineering universities back then in former Yugoslavia in Zagreb were crushed and suddenly I saw everything I knew crushing below my before my eyes, you know, my entire identity, the country, people and stuff like that. So, you know, as my life was saved, my mother borrowed some money and put me on a one way flight ticket to London. And then I arrived in London. Um, in a country I knew nothing about. I couldn't speak the language. Uh, I had no friends, no family, nobody to turn to. So I didn't know which uh, horror was bigger, the one of leaving my family behind and the horror of civil war or the horror of facing alone a society you know nothing about. And all the judgments that come as a refugee, I mean, you, we've seen this, you know, every time there's a crisis out there, war in the world, we have higher migration, refugees, and it seems like, you know, uh, governments use the most vulnerable people to drive their votes and uh, without really considering the life, the human life behind and the sacrifices of those people. So that was something, you know, uh, back in the 90s, I used to, you know, observe how on earth can you, uh, uh, papers write about refugees when, when they know nothing about, but also write some really derogatory comments. And, uh, you know, I remember in uh, some headlines were almost like, you know, put them back into Auschwitz. And, you know, all those kind of comments you read and you hear people say uh, really can crush you. You not only crash coming from a trauma, coming from a war, but then when you go into a country where you're hoping to rebuild your life, uh, you face uh, another challenge. So it, it, it was difficult, Bill. It was difficult. To be sure. Um, you know, I, I've had a little bit of, uh, of experience with, because uh, I, I grew up in a uh, military family. And uh, um, so we moved every couple of years. And there was even a time when the only people I knew were my uh, were my immediate family um, because we were moving every few weeks and uh, um, and yeah I can I mean I thank uh, thank the Lord for my family um, you know that they were there uh, I couldn't imagine what it would be like to move into a completely new place with absolutely no one um, you know it's uh, it's yeah it's unbelievable and I, I don't think most people have a clue what it's like to uh, to start over 
and uh yeah and so true. you've you've definitely uh you've definitely accomplished a lot um in those early days being in london who uh who ended up helping you who did you work with well the reality in the first few months i was doing a lot of charity work meaning i would do any job that i could see around like cleaning the streets helping mm -hmm. people with their gardening uh, if I saw like uh, elderly people carrying shopping from the supermarkets, I'll take their shopping and carry them home. I will help them clean their homes. So anything that I could do to help people. And eventually those people started <laughs> helping back. So, you know. It's every human being that I met on that journey. And uh, my, even when I was, when I had nothing to give, I made sure I gave something. I made sure I found something to give. Because I always put others first and their needs. And, you know, my parents were like that. So, you know, when you go through things, when you see people in more need than you are, um, you know, I was healthy young boy. Yes, I had trauma, but I could work and I could um, give those people all I could. So it was those people then started opening up doors and st I started having jobs that paid paid me. And I started using proportion of that money to get back and have a roof over my head and eventually get back to schooling and then spend the next eight <laughs> years working uh, with no holiday with no break and um, put myself back into schooling and uh, pay for my education, pay for my uh, university and graduate from one of the top four universities here in UK. So it was, uh, it was a journey that, you know, that teaches you many lessons mm -hmm. and also uh, life tries you in ways that you'll never think about that uh, you are strong enough to overcome those battles. Yeah, thinking uh, thinking outside yourself, that's, you know, powerful to, uh, um, you know, to, to give first. Um, there's a, uh, a, a, a coach, uh, he's since passed away, uh, named uh, Zig Ziglar, big in the U.S. And he used to say, uh, yeah, he, he used to say something to the effect of if you, to get what you want, you just have to give enough. You just have to give enough people what they want. And, and I could not agree more yeah. with that. You know, it's uh, I, I've read some of Zig Ziglar's work and many other wonderful teachers, and I found myself in their stories. Mm. Uh, I found myself in their books, so I can never, uh, you know, um, say how important it is for many people to read books and read books of many authors. And uh, yeah. why? Because, you know, those people have gone through things that um, can help you truly, truly change your life. And for me, reading has been something that I was encouraged from a very young age, but also uh, mentorship and coaching and having teachers around me. So after I got myself off the street and I graduated and I started having 
a reasonable income. I continued with my coaching. I continued with my development, spiritual development, and I sought some of the best teachers around the world to help me answer those questions that they, they've been part of me since I was a kid, but also how to bring everything that I've learned into products and services so I can help more people. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you've led, uh, you've led quite the, uh, quite the life. Um, so you went to school for, as an engineer. I did a dual degree, both engineering and organizational behavior and management, okay. which means I studied psychology and I studied engineering. Okay. Awesome. Um, yeah, similar, uh, similar paths here. I had started out as an automotive engineer. I wanted to design cars. <laughs> and uh, well, cars get you somewhere. Coaching gets you somewhere. So there's a path in there. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> but yeah, as it was organization. I think uh, the earliest uh, class that uh, that started drawing me in was probably organizational behavior. And uh, yes, yeah, and that's that's what I studied: organizational behavior. Yeah. But then studied many other disciplines and mm -hmm. equally. I wanted to really find that link between science and uh, spirituality and understanding those unseen things that um, a lot of people aren't aware of and how they affect us. Mm -hmm. And also I had to use those two worlds for you to unlock your true potential as a human being. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think in the end it comes down to uh, being a, a, a puzzle freak. Um, I like assembling puzzles, and uh, you know when you can when you can take the pieces of someone's life. Oops. You okay, Tony? Uh, I'm back. Oh, okay. Sorry, lost you there for a second. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, you know when you can take all the pieces of someone's life and uh and put them together and see that beautiful picture that they make um along with uh alongside everybody else that's uh yeah that's really i think the reward of uh of coaching is uh is being able to see all that stuff put together into uh into a into a whole that uh that's just uh productive and uh and reaches their uh reaches their potential so but uh absolutely um what are some of the uh what, what would be some of the books you'd recommend uh people starting with what what wait a minute let me rephrase what books do you think people need to read like if there were if there were like two or three that absolutely they had to read. I think The Secret is an incredible book. Okay. Uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, if you yeah. take most of the books. Um, you know, every book that I've read, whether you're reading for personal development, whether you're reading for spiritual development, mm -hmm. uh, whether you're reading for marketing, business, there's something inside of you that is driving you to read that book. So I always say to people, 
make sure you have a notepad next to you mm. and write down everything that brings tears in your eyes when you read somebody's book. Okay. Because that's a great indication that whatever that person is sharing, it's speaking to your authentic values. Mm. So, you know, uh, when I look back at, you know, book after book after book after book, it becomes very difficult for one to um, say, this is the only the book that really changed my life. Because I believe it's the accumulative effect mm -hmm. of everything that you learn. And when you synthesize that into clear lessons that you can use to change your life, it truly changes your life. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And uh, um, yeah, I've, uh, I've often heard uh, that uh, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And uh, um, so that's why I'm certainly glad to be able to spend some time with you. What about me? <laughs> yes, you too, Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, but yeah, um, what would you say about that? I mean, should we be hanging out only with the people we want to be like? Or uh, what about the people who we want to change to be like that too? you know, to reach their full I, potential? It's a great question, Bill. Um, I believe um, it's not who you hang out with. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've heard that many times, and there are times that I would agree with you. But from my personal perspective, it's who you choose to be in the presence of anybody who's around you that truly matters not only for you but for anybody around you mm. you know it's um for me it's a false idea to tell yourself that surrounding yourself with five topic successful people your life will change you know it's um, my life has changed on so many levels by so many people and of course it's great to have mentors who you aspire to and, you know, I have them myself and I continue to have them because I always say there's an incredible value to that. But again, I point the finger back at me, at myself, who I choose to be when I'm in presence of anybody that truly matters and that defines you how much inner work you have done in order for you to be present with anybody around you regardless of your perception how successful or not they may be absolutely agree i absolutely agree with you yeah um yeah we we need we as people need to choose a better uh, a better path a better way and, uh, yes i mean it's you know uh um uh, Today, we are fortunate because there are so many things one can do to choose to grow and to create a better path. And uh, that better path, when you create that in yourself, of course, anybody around will benefit from you. Right. Uh, but we all often have become selfish to our own personal emotions and needs. 
Yeah. And it is this that comes in front of so many people's greatness. And it is that the greatest barrier that uh, any teacher or human being out there has to face. It's not the barriers on the outside. It's the barriers on the inside that we need to dissolve and truly shine our true light. That is our uh, that is our shortcoming as a uh, as a as a race in humanity um, that uh, that we think of ourselves first. Um, I once argued that there was no other ethical consideration other than egoism. All people are self centered. Um, the only hope we have as uh, as a, as humanity is to become enlightened egoists to realize that the good of another is actually our own good that the rising tide does lift all boats and uh, um and so that uh, if i help you you may never help me but you'll help somebody else who will help somebody else and that will help me and uh, and as long as we keep uh, as long as we keep paying it forward and uh, and thinking of others, then uh, that is our own best self-interest. I think when uh, when you uh, learn many different scientific concepts and principles, one mm-hmm. I would love to share, uh, yes. following up on what you just said, Bill, it's a law of one to many and many to one. Mm-hmm. So one to many means whatever service you, you do to many people, mm-hmm. and uh, that service for many people will come to you. And usually what I see, the pain and frustration that gets created by many people is they want that return back from that specific person, specific individual, specific event. But the universe doesn't work like that. Right. And you know, sometimes, as you said, it's I think I often like when I look at the struggles uh, of my life and sometimes I, even when I look at the mirror is how on earth I survived. And how and uh, then I ended up creating those incredible opportunities. I just came back from Hollywood. I got a great award done there for uh, the Unfakeable Good Good and for the Path to Excellence. I moved to Miami to receive an award at the Miami Book Fair. Mm-hmm. I met some of the top celebrities. I've got client celebrities. I coached some top leaders, royals. All of those amazing people. I sometimes wonder uh, what is it that uh, about me that is unique. And I, I always also give credit to my parents because my parents helped so many people, Bill, especially during the war, especially when the war was in Kosovo, um, when, you know, all these people were ethnically cleansed. My mom and dad opened the doors to refugees and, you know, they fed them and looked after them for almost two years. So, you know, the impact of that, I only saw it when my parents died, when so many people came to their funeral and people I never met, and people who would tell me many things, and especially now being in the public eye myself, uh, about uh, recently, I was in Macedonia, in Kosovo, I did some training and client work on there, and also I, I had like five TV shows, uh, which are very major primetime TV shows. And when I got back, I usually don't check my Facebook messages, I have a team, mm-hmm. but and also some of the messages go into the spam folder. So I've trained my PA occasionally to go through the spam folder and to check. And she found a message in Albanian language and she doesn't understand, but I trained her to 
copy the message, put it on Google and try to make sense of it. Mm -hmm. So, and then she WhatsApp me and she said, Tony, you better see this. I don't understand it fully, but I, it brought me so much tears. I could not stop crying reading the message. So here I am going back into my phone and checking the message. And it was from uh, a, a, a guy who now lives in Germany, who he stayed at my parents' house when he was two years old, when his parents, uh, he, my parents took his family uh, as refugees in our house. And he recognized me from the pictures he saw in my parents' house as a boy. Wow. And then he asked, his father was murdered during the war, and he asked his mother, saying, is this the guy uh, that his father was talking about that he was in London? And I called them, and it was this uh, incredible sharing and emotional phone call um, when somebody says, Thank you, because back then, whatever I was earning and I could stop, I would send it to my parents to support them, but also support those people that my parents were mm -hmm. supporting. So this is that one to many, many to one, that we never know the kindness we, we give, the service we give, uh, where it truly goes and who needs it the most. But our perception may be, I just gave something to Bill, or, you know, here I'm being interviewed by Bill, but who knows who is listening out there, who mm -hmm. may take something from my story or from your story, from my words or from your words, and really change their life. And that's the power of transformation and kindness and being able to give without expecting back from somebody that you want something back. Yeah, yeah. Wanting, uh, yeah, wanting a, an immediate reward is so short-sighted. You know that. Uh, um, you know, uh, yeah. We we help people because it's the right thing to do, not uh, not because we're going to get a reward from it. Um, at least that's what we should be doing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Too many people like uh, like to get their uh, their praise from men, as it uh, as it were. Um, and, you know, yeah. Um, but uh, let's see. How many uh, how many books have you written? Now, uh, I have I've published four books. Okay. And I've authored two more books. So in total, there are six books. Wow. And a Path to Excellence just came out now about two months ago. And uh, the audio book would be out by end of this month. So basically by end of this month, it'll be available in like, uh, uh, oh, it's already available on print and um, Kindle. And uh, in some audio channels, it's also available as an audio book. And um, so I already started planning to write two more books for next year. Wow. You are uh, you are definitely a, uh, a a a maker of things. Um, <laughs> um, let's see. People can find your books on uh, on your website on uh, TonySalimi.com. Yes, they can find the okay. books and more about the books on the website. But simply, if they just Google my name, they'll find them all. But <laughs> if they go on Amazon, they'll also find all the books on Amazon. Um, they can find them on their local 
bookstore, Barnes and Noble, if they want to go and uh, get them in there. So get for an those who... paper book, wow. <laughs> yes, so, you know, I, I do, I, you know, when people ask me what's better, uh, having studied many different things, I realized that, uh, you know, our senses need information and our senses are five. So, you know, we need information through all those five senses. And uh, when we read books, I always say to people, if you want to maximize it, have a printed copy, have a digital copy, have a Kindle copy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's sometimes many of my clients and readers when they travel, especially those in US, when they travel through those like big motorways and uh, queuing for an hour or two on the motorways, it's a perfect, perfect time for you to listen to a great audiobook. So you know, I have people just calling me sometimes saying, guess what, Tony, I'm listening to your audiobook, you know, and it, it, it's a great feeling when somebody does that. And I think uh, that's why I encourage people read and listen, uh, because reading will give you something else. Listening will give you something else. And together, they really can reprogram your mind for the life you want to create. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'll put the link to uh, to the website and uh, in the uh, in the description so people can uh, can find you easily. And uh, um, you know, uh, don't want to don't want to keep you too late. We've been uh, we've been going at it for uh, for quite a while. Um, is uh, is there anything else you would like to say to the nice people? Well, what I would say, it's like uh, what we started this conversation is uh, if your life is not where it is and if, uh, you know, you go to bed and you have so many worries and, and uh, also sometimes you have big dreams, uh, take daily action and have a clear plan of where you want to go, yeah. whether it's in business, in career, in your relationship. But uh, first and foremost, daily choose to be um, a better person, choose to be somebody who shares love, shares wisdom, and gives hope to anybody who's around you. That sounds like good advice. Well then, um, I, uh, I really do appreciate your time. Um, I know you'll be back, uh, I think in January is when, uh, when she's scheduled before. And uh, which is awesome. I'm looking uh, looking forward to it. I, I don't even know who you're going to be on with yet. <laughs> I, I love conversations and I love people. And, you know, meeting Richard and meeting you and having this very wonderful interview. Uh, as I said, I always draw parallels to people because all of us have something in common. Because when we, when we go into serving other people, and um, we all learn from each other and we all support each other. And, you know, we can use those um, lessons and whatever we share with the world to help as many people as we can together. Yeah. Yep. Help as many as you can. Get as many people uh, what they want. So uh, so eventually you can get what you want in a better world. And hopefully that's a better world. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, thanks again, uh, Tony. It's been uh, great chatting with you again. And uh, yeah, just uh, it's be... a pleasure, of course. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, thank you, Israel. My pleasure. Thank you. And uh, um, yeah, be safe out there. Remember to wash your hands. <laughs> yep. <laughs>
Gotta keep them clean. And uh, for all the rest of you, stay tuned for the ending credits. Thank you all for tuning in. Like to uh, this is of course has been a presentation of Bald Spots Productions. I'd like to thank my producer, my beloved mother, Eileen Hatch. I of course am your humble host. I'd like to thank my special guest, Tony J. Salimi. And uh, if you feel so led, uh, support the show over on Patreon. We're Bald Spots Pro. That's the name of the production company. And uh, don't uh, you dare miss YWL Online. New shows on Tuesdays and Saturdays. And uh, um, yeah, tune in next time for Corey Nathan and Dr. David Sheen. Uh, it's going to be an interesting show. Uh, please uh, like, comment, share, subscribe, follow, whatever you got to do to uh, kick that algorithm into gear so we can reach more people. Um, I appreciate it. And uh, once again, thank you all for tuning in. Have a great whenever.